0: Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash reviveoutreachchurch. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. All right, Matthew chapter 16 starting with verse 1. We'll stand for the reading of God's word. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everything you've done so far in the service today, and we pray that your will will continue to be done. Open our ears, and so we may hear our hearts, that so we may understand and receive from you today. Let your word be a seed planted in our heart that in due season would bring forth life. And Lord, I pray right now that you would anoint me and touch me that would say nothing more and nothing less than what you have for your people today. I'm relying 100% solely upon you. Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 1. The Pharisees and the Sadducees approached and tested him, asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say it will be good, whether because the sky is red, and in the morning today will be stormy because the sky is red and threatening. You know how to read the appearance of the sky, but you can't read the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation of anti sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Then he left them and went away. The disciples reached the other shore, and they they had forgotten to take bread. And then Jesus told them, watch out and be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were discussing among themselves, we didn't bring any bread. Aware of this, Jesus said, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves that you do not have bread? Don't you understand yet? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you collected? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many large baskets you collected? Why is it you don't understand what then I have told you? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It wasn't about bread. You may be seated. We start out this morning in Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. With uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who, by the way, were uh, not buddies. Uh, They liked to combine, Jesus was kind of like the catalyst for them to join forces. They had one huge doctrinal difference that separated them significantly. And that is, one believed in the resurrection of the body and the other didn't. Uh, One believed in the resurrection of the body and the Sadducees denied that there would be a bodily resurrection. So these two folks, these groups didn't get along. Uh, They were opposite ends of the spectrum as it related to that particular doctrine. But they found a time to unify, to go against Jesus here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. Now you have to understand, leading up to this asking for a sign, the signs had already been given. This is now the second time that they've asked for a sign, and the second time that Jesus has told them that they needed to look to the prophet Jonah. And uh, being that, that the Messiah would be... Uh, Crucified, that he would be placed in the ground for three days, and after three days he would rise again. Just like Jonah was thrown overboard, he was swallowed by a fish in the belly of a well for three days. And the end of three days, he was put about, uh, you know, put out from the belly of the well onto the shore. Uh, so that's the sign that he's talking about. And basically, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, these religious leaders, were always looking for a sign, and they were missing the signs that were right in front of them. They were always looking for a sign. They were always looking for Jesus to do one more thing. They were always trying to put him on the spot. They were always trying to catch him in a lie. They were always trying to discredit what he was doing. And so they were trying here once again to trip him up and force him to do something to show a sign. Now you have to understand that what we've already looked at in the book of Matthew, what Jesus has already done, some amazing things, right? Uh, and they were there a part of that. Uh, they got to see the, uh, the, 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 the Gentile woman whose uh, daughter was healed that we talked about last week. And they got to see 4,000 people fed with just seven loaves and a few fish. They got to see 5,000 people fed with two loaves and a, you know, some fish. They got to see miracle after miracle after miracle. In fact, in just in chapter 15, you see that after the woman's, uh, the, the 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 gentile woman's daughter set free from t- demon possession, that uh, the crowds mobbed him, and that uh, they when he moved on to the Sea of Galilee, the the, the the to the shores of Galilee, the crowds mobbed him, and he healed and healed and healed and healed and set all these people free. Yet, yeah. in the midst of all of these miracles and all of these signs. The Pharisees and the Sadducees approach him again and say, show us a sign. Sometimes we spend our whole lives looking for a sign when the sign has already been given. I know that I've had many times people, I can remember as a teenager, people telling me uh, that God was going to do X, Y, and Z. And very easily forgetting within a week, two weeks, a month, let alone years, that God had promised that he was going to do those things, that God was going to do what he promised. I, I know I'm that guy that was, uh, was like uh, Gideon, constantly laying out the fleece, right? Not just once, but twice, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Ultimately, what happens is, as we go from wanting uh, a fleece, But uh, to actually uh, being uh, uh, hypocritical, we go to the point where we're pushing God and it becomes sin. We become so overwhelmed with God showing us signs that we forget about the God who gives the signs. We get so about before we take our next step or before we trust God. We say, I'm going to trust you, God, when you show X, Y, and Z. I'm going to serve you, God, when you do A, B, and C. I'm going to, I'll call on you, God, and ask you to be my Savior when this happens or that happens. Show me you love me. Prove this, prove that. When God says all along, I've been showing you that I love you, but you haven't watched the signs. Jesus goes on to tell how that they know that the weather is good if that in the uh, morning, did I mix that up? Is it pink in the morning? Let's see. Pink at night, sailors delight. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, red sky at night means that it's good weather. Red sky in the morning means there's a storm coming. And then what he says to them is, you can look at that and know that by that red sky that you know uh, you can see that sign and predict the weather in some consistent fashion, whether a storm is coming or it's going to be nice. He said, but you are unable to see what's right in front of you. And what it comes down to is that when we we don't see what is right in front of us, it becomes rebelliousness. It's not that we can't see it, it's that we're blinded by our own rebelliousness. We ask for a sign when we don't really want to see a sign because the sign will cause us, or, you know, force us to make a change in our lives. Wow, yes. (laughs) So Jesus tells them, I'm not giving you any more signs. If the healing Uh, making the blind to see and the lame to walk, if uh, causing limbs to be extended, healing leprosy, if feeding 5,000 and then 4,000 on just a few little flows of fish, if doing all these things aren't enough sign for you, then you are a wicked and evil generation who's constantly seeking a sign. We live in a world that's constantly seeking a sign. God proved to me that you exist. When God says I've already proven to us time and time again that I exist. I've already proven to you that I exist. I've already proven to the world that I exist. Look at the sun and the moon and the stars of the sky in the book of Romans. Paul talks about that. Nature, heaven itself reveals that there has to be a creator, that God exists. So if we need any, all the signs that you and I need are right in front of us. Let us not test God by continuing to ask for a sign. If God has promised you something, don't keep asking him over and over and over again to promise you again. Now look, I'm speaking to myself today. Many times God has promised me something and I have to keep saying, God, have them say that again. 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 Why? Because I very quickly begin to doubt the promises of God. Right? As life does its thing, as circumstances rise, uh, you know, as trials and tribulations mount, as that fire raises up around me and I feel like I'm in the furnace, I begin to lose sight of what God has promised. It's human nature to lose sight of something in the future because of the present. Amen. Right. right? We become so focused on what we're in right now that we can't see outside of the flames. Mm-hmm. But listen... When you and I cannot see outside the flames, remember that God is in the flames with us. And we may not be able to see out of the flames, but God can see into the flame. Mm -hmm. Right? We may not be able to see out, but he can see in. And he knows what we're facing. He knows what we're going through. He knows what he's promised. And he knows that he's going to carry you and keep you And you don't have to doubt the promises that he made, which brings us to the next part. So we shouldn't always be constantly seeking a sign from God. God, show me something. The second thing is, is that after this occurs, the uh, uh, Pharisees, I'm sorry, Jesus goes uh, to take the disciples to get along, and they don't, the disciples don't bring bread. I guess it was their job to make sure they had their lunches packed, and The disciples didn't bring anything to eat, which is funny because that seemed to be the deal—that they didn't bring anything to eat. You know, Uh, whenever they needed something, they went to the crowd for it, and Jesus blessed the The disciples. Never had a paper bag lunch with them or anything, so they're going across the uh, to uh, to get away, and Jesus is going to tell them a spiritual lesson, which is don't uh, partake of the leaven of the Pharisees. Their false doctrine, their false teaching. Their, their hypocrisy, all of these things. But all the disciples think is he said leaven and we didn't bring bread. <laughs> they were unable to see the spiritual because they were blinded by the physical. Amen. And so the lesson that Jesus was trying to teach them in the spiritual, which was beware the teachings of the Pharisees while they were asking for a sign. The disciples could not see the spiritual lesson because of what was right before them and the physical. The Bible even goes so far as to say as they question among themselves, man, he must be mad at us. We didn't bring bread." And Jesus says to them, my goodness, guys, don't you remember that I fed 5,000 with a couple of loaves and some fish? And then I fed 4,000 with seven loaves and some fish? If I wanted breakfast, I could make breakfast. If I wanted lunch, I could produce lunch. Don't you remember? He doesn't even talk about the miracle of producing it. He actually talks about the miracle of having leftovers. That's what he specifically brings up. It's not just that it was produced, but there were baskets and baskets of leftovers. He says, don't you remember how much was collected that was leftovers? He has to remind them of what he's just done. Because they were blinded in the physical to what was happening in the spiritual. They had already forgotten that God could make bread out of a rock if he needed to. They had already forgotten that he could take a loaf and a fish and feed all 12 of them, for he had fed 5,000 and 4,000 at two separate occasions. Most likely 10 to 12, 10 to 15,000 each time. Right? And so he's uh, uh, you know, already performed these miracles, but they were blinded by the physical. Let us never be blinded. By our physical, earthly, fleshly thinking that we do not see what God will remember, what God has already done for us in the past. God had already shown that he could work miracles. He could already produce bread and fish. He could already take snuffing and make something. Jesus had already proven that. Why were they worried about leaven when you had the one who created leaven? Why were they worried about these fleshly things when they had the one who spoke breath, who created the cows, who created the grain, and created all the universe? Why were they worried about that? That it didn't make sense. They had forgotten what he had already done. Let us never forget what God has already done for us. See, it becomes easy that we go from circumstance to circumstance and we forget what God did for us previously. Right, And so when we're in the midst of the storm and God walks on water, we praise him When we're excited. He gets in the boat, he calms the storm. We're all shouting and happy, doing our little Pentecostal thing, right? All happy. Uh, And then all of a sudden the next storm happens. And we're in the same situation, in the same storm, in the same stinking boat. And we still get scared. We're still afraid. Even though we've already seen the master of the wind do his thing once. Even though we've already seen the one who can calm the seas, do it once, we're afraid that he's not going to do it again. Mm -hmm. Right? And that fear comes from a couple of different places. One is a place of I don't deserve it. God's mad at me. Mm -hmm. I don't deserve for God to do what he did before because I've been unfaithful. God wants us to know that if we call upon him, he hears us and he forgives us. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we call upon him, that wipes the slate clean. He doesn't care about the past anymore. The psalmist said he casts our sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us again. He doesn't care about our past. He cares about our present and he cares about our future. That's what he cares about. And so we should never have guilt and shame about what we used to be or about what we used to do and how we don't deserve God's protection or provision or deliverance now because it's not about the past, it's about the future. The Bible says that he will take each one of us and he will make sure that we become what he has for us to be. We are his workmanship created by Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, to do good works. He'll complete that which he has started. Amen. And so therefore, if we, you and I are ashamed and we live in a constant state of guilt and believe that God will not help us when we face trial and pain, even though he's helped us in the past because we've been unfaithful, remember that if we call upon him, he forgives us and he focuses on the present and the future, not the past. Amen. The second is simply a lack of faith. There are those of us who constantly waver in faith, constantly... Even though we know what God has done, we forget what God has done the next time the storm rages because we have no faith or we have weak faith. And so we become frustrated and we become angry and we get upset with God uh, because we feel like, you know, uh, he isn't going to move. Not because God hasn't moved before, but because I don't have the faith that he will move. And so instead of getting frustrated with ourselves, we get frustrated with God. Right, that's what happens. Is is when you and I lack faith. Instead of looking at the source of where we lack the faith, instead of looking at ourselves and saying, "God, like the Soterian did, help my unbelief," we get angry with God and frustrated with God that He's not moving when we don't have faith. And so we forget what God's going to do or has done because our faith is weak. And so God wants to make sure. We need to ask him, ask him to strengthen our faith, to grow our faith, to stretch our faith. And many times we go from storm A to storm B so quickly it's because we didn't learn our lesson from storm A. He's got to take us into storm B so that he can grow our faith. I've been taught the same lesson so many times. You'd think I'd have learned it by now after being on this earth for so many years. After being spanked or smacked in this head, I would finally be used to it by now and learn my lesson, Right? But I still have so many lessons that God has to teach me over and over and over again because I lack faith. Right? And his disciples, they could not focus on the spiritual and they had completely forgotten what God had already done and that Jesus didn't need anything more to create. If it was bread they wanted or he wanted, it was bread that he could get for himself. Let us not be like them where we forget what God has already promised and what God has already done. I know, trust me, I know. In fact, in some ways, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite up here speaking because I've had those times where I have forgotten what God has done. Where you're in such a place that it's hard to remind yourself how good he's been to you or how great he is and how merciful he's been. I've been there. I've been there. Where I've questioned his goodness, even though he's proven to me time and time again how good he is. I've been there where I've questioned his faithfulness, even though he's been faithful to me, more faithful to me than I've been faithful to him. He's always faithful in there. And I've questioned. And it's okay to question, it's okay to ask God questions. It's not okay to disregard the answer. Mm-hmm. That's good. And sometimes God answers today's questions yesterday. Oh, that's a good quote right there. Anyone got social media? Put that out there. That's a good, that's a good 133 or whatever character tweet. I'm going to post it like it's mine. Thank you. Sometimes today's answer came yesterday, but we still leave it on the porch in the Amazon box. Wow. It's still sitting there. It's ready to be unwrapped. But we can't see it because we're so focused on today that we don't see yesterday's answer for today's problem. Everything God does is for a reason. Everything God does is for a reason. If you believe God's sovereign, then you have to believe that that is the case. That everything he does has a reason to it. You were born into the family that you were born into for a reason. You have the issues that you have medically or whatever the case may be, health issues, for a reason, even though we don't see that reason. You face the trouble, the pain, and the trials that you're facing for a reason. God knows the reason. We may not know the reason, but God knows the reason. So don't give up. Don't lose faith because of what you're going through. Don't don't throw in the towel because of what you're facing today. Because the same God who took care of you yesterday is the same God who exists in your today, yes. and He's the same God that exists in your future. Yes. Yes. Amen. Don't ignore what He's already done. Yes. But remember the promises already made. Walk in those promises. Walk in those promises. You know, when they were coming up to the. Uh, promised land the second time and Joshua uh, is probably a little nervous about what is about to happen. He's getting ready to go into the promised land and the first city he has to face is Jericho. But there is a promise made to Joshua that wherever the soles of his foot touched, it would be given to him. Now that promise was made, that was his answer for everything that he would face in the future. God gave him the key to every door, the master key to every door that needed to be opened from the time that he crossed the Jordan River until they conquered the promised land. He gave him the key before he ever had to cross the Jordan and take his armies to Jericho. God had given him the key to the walls of Jericho. And he'd given him the key to defeat the Canaanites and the key to beat the, the, the Jebusites and the Hittites and all theites that were uh, across the other side of the Jordan. God gave him the key yesterday for the future. Amen. That's good. If he would just put it in the door and turn. Yeah. Right? Every time Israel used the key that God gave them on the other side of the Jordan, they won the victory. Yeah. Keep your key close by. That promise that he gave you in God's word, uh, write that promise on a sheet of paper and put it in your purse or your wallet. So the next door, you oh my goodness, the next door that you come to, you take out that key and you read it. Uh, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Unlock that door. And then you come to the next door that the enemy put in front of you. And you take that key again. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, my Lord. Yes. Door opened. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, God hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but a power yes. of love and of a sound mind. Yes. Stick the key in. Shh. Open the door. Break. He will finish the work that he started. Whenever the devil tells you, you'll never be what God has oh. for you to be mm-hmm. and that your pastor finds you. Put the key in the door. I'll complete the work. You'll always be what I plan for you to be. Yes. Open the yes. door. Amen. Every promise that he's ever made, you keep the key closed. So that when the door shows up, you can unlock it yes. and walk through. Man, that's good. Yes, is. Walk through. Someone's got to say it, right? Yes, right. Yes, that's I already got a on Facebook. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Take your key. Keep your key, because that key's just for you. Your key, oh, won't work in somebody else's door. Ooh, that's somebody good. Somebody else's promise will not unlock. Your door. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You need God's yes, promise yes. to you, is what opens your doors. Wow. Amen. His truth to you, his speaking to you, the illumination of his word to you, that's what opens your door. Amen. Sometimes we try to ride the coattails of somebody else's promise. Amen. Yes. And that's not how it works. Okay. You have to walk out of your own fear, your own salvation in fear yes. and trembling. Yes, yes. blessing. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach the loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.